the speed of sound. WebmasterRadio.fm, the flamethrower. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. Time for your heart-stopping news-packed 60 minutes of regular trolling. Webmaster Radio presents The Pulse. The Pulse. Take your seat among the experts in the search engine marketing arena. This weekly radio show keeps you informed of the latest search news, offers insight on the biggest forum discussions, and puts your finger on the pulse of the search marketing community. Our hosts have made their way to the round table. The Pulse, the Pulse. The Pulse. starts now. Hi, and welcome to the 8th edition of The Search Pulse. Um, today is Tuesday, November 7th, um, 2006, and today is Election Day in the United States. Um, I wanted to, uh, you know, welcome Chris and Ben. Um, ben is Ben Pfeiffer is the senior editor of the Search and Roundtable. He goes under the name Phoenix, and he's from RankSmart.com. Chris Boggs is the associate editor of the Search and Roundtable. He works in the SEO department as a search strategist at Avenue A Razorfish. Um, for, uh, ben, I heard you when I went, went to vote today. Is that true? Yes, I did go to vote today. I had to wait an hour in order to vote, and um, those darn um, electronic voting machines just really didn't help anything today. Did uh, the search engine at all play a role in your voting at all? Um, yes, they did, actually. Um, in order to which candidates I was trying to figure out I wanted to vote for, I went on Google and typed into Travis County and found out a little bit more about the candidates I was voting for. Uh, cool. But in the actual process of voting, there wasn't any search involved. Right. Chris, you're, you, do you vote or no? Um, I just moved to uh, the glorious state of New Jersey, and since I've only just recently moved here, I guess there's some sort of election law that says that I can't vote yet uh, unless it's a national election. So, no, I did not vote yet or today. Okay. Great. Well, anyway, I'm going to post a link in the chat room to last week's show it has been archived if you want to get, take a look and listen to that if you missed it you can do that at your convenience um the next topic i wanted to get into is something that google announced last night they are going to be updating their landing page quality score um and that includes something big for those who run adsense um adsense sites um what it means is that one um they'll begin to incorporate landing page quality into the qual- landing page quality into the quality score for your contextual targeted ads. So supposedly people feel that once like the ads like the MFA sites, the made for ads sites are not going to do as well in terms of payment and ranking and all that other type of stuff because they will be impacted by this new quality score. And number two is that they will be making some other changes to their algorithm in evaluating the landing page quality and that will be obviously brought into the new quality score factor that was released back in uh, I think it was yeah July time of this year, which really caused a big stink and a big thing about you know all the advertisers were going up in arms about how things change and how they had to change everything else. So I assume once this gets pushed through, a lot of advertisers are going to be upset with the new thing, and then they'll get acquainted to it and learn how it works, and then be as happy as ever until they change it one more time. Um, ben, have you any had any time to review these threads or anything on this news? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, has the change pushed through already? Do you know? No, I don't think it has. No, it hasn't. Because I was reading in, uh, I think it was Webmaster World, um, there's some people that have seen some changes in reflection to this. And then maybe it was back from July or not, but um, it seems to be that people that were doing very large like content network campaigns are getting in- impacted negatively um, just for you know higher um, minimum bids on those and less traffic, and it's costing them more in the long run. So they were really pissed off about that. Um, you know, I can't say it's probably a bad thing for Google to go ahead and do this because you know it is going to improve things. But at the same time, it's really kind of penalizing those people that are spending quite a few dollars on the content side. Right, Chris. What are your thoughts about timing of this change? Well, I think it's interesting timing, obviously, just before uh, the uh, holidays are upon us. But uh, the the thing that uh, struck me is it confused me for a moment at first as to whether or not it was live, like like Ben said, this new update. Um, what I think is an important thing is that Google is looking to try to obviously try to knock down some of these made-for-adsense sites that the arbitragers are using. Um, but to me, I think possibly the next step may be to actually have a 
sort of a hosting page quality score. Does that seem like something that they could have ever, um, I mean, and maybe you guys have more experience in, in actually hosting AdSense ads than I do, but um, I know that you have to have a certain amount of, of content and parameters in order to host, or I believe that you do. I mean, what kind of quality score is really associated with the page that hosts the ads, and is that something that you guys think that they might go after next, possibly? I think that is what this is about, going after those types of sites, I think. And it's not 100% clear, but it, it seems to be that is what they're doing. I mean, Ben and Chris, do you have, do you, am I interpreting Yeah, they're evaluating the landing page content um, in the system. So, yeah, it is kind of what it is about um, in some aspects. Um, I mean, I guess a, there, there is a huge threat at Webmaster World in the AdSense um, forum about this specifically, and there's tons of discussion on it. Right, and just, what what I'm saying is that it, this does seem like the way around that is by that by adjusting or making more changes to the landing page quality score, you're going to hit the people that are creating made for AdSense sites that are actually land the landing pages for those AdSense ads. But it, it seems like a roundabout way when, in fact, you could possibly just uh, change the quality score of the hosting page for the AdSense ads. Does that, does that make sense? More sense, maybe? I personally not understanding that. Okay. I think you're. I think it's the same thing as what you're talking about, Chris. Is in terms of the hosting page and, and the actual like made for AdSense page. Um, I guess what some of this might actually do is improve some of those like made for AdSense pages in regards to um, some of the clicks that are coming through. Um, but they're really just trying to get rid of the poor quality or at least the deceptive pages that kind of um, you know filter through that the, the contents through. And I think that's probably what they're trying to accomplish here. So like the examples that I saw of like on the forums where people had like tens of thousands of keywords or whatever, and they were paying a lot of money, and they went from you know completely, you know, 100,000 clicks to 50,000, but we're still paying more, was try to combat some of that. And so I guess in some small f fashion, it's really just trying to charge these people more um, by raising the minimum bid so that they won't be so inclined to go on here and abuse the system like they're doing. Right. And, Ben, you are right. There was a thread about a week ago, or less than a week ago, about people noticing some changes like you described. And I'm not mm -hmm. sure if Google was testing certain things with this, quality score or not, but mm. according to Google, it hasn't been released yet, but it does sound like that is a test of this new quality score, but I can't be sure. Um, obviously, we can't be sure with, of that. And it is a just, just to add, <laughs> it's working. <laughs> just to add, uh, Mayor Phil in the, uh, the lounge just mentioned, and first of all, he said Chris is right, so I always like that, but he said, why not give AdSense publishers less money per click? I guess that's what I'm trying to say, is why not hit the publishers? And I think it's probably uh, Google not wanting to bite the hand that feeds them if they figure they can go after the quote-unquote advertisers, which in many cases are also the publishers. Uh, I guess it is a, it's sort of a dual slap in that way. Right. But they're not openly going after them. That really gets so complicated if you were to go ahead and do something like that. And maybe that's something that Google will do in the future, you know, less money for people that have sites like that. But... You know, how are they going to do that? And then Google has to define these characteristics of the page landing quality themselves. Um, but, you know, that could be subjective, and who knows if that's really going to fly. Right. And, um, I mean, the other thing is the timing of this, and it is right before the holiday season. I know the organic side, the, you know, the search side, has learned from the, at least the Florida update not to make big releases push out big releases in terms of algorithmic changes you know, around this time. Um, last year they held off a little bit so they wouldn't you know, affect people's businesses right before the holiday season. I would assume, I mean, I would hope they would push this off until after, but it seems like they can go live with this soon, and I just hope it doesn't affect so many advertisers um, tremendously because it does take time to you know, update your ads and your, your strategy to fix, you know, to rank well again for these types of um, you know, these types of quality scores. Um, on that note, um, on the update note, we, uh, we did realize on November 3rd, that was last Friday, that Microsoft did some type of update. We do not have a confirmation from any representative from Microsoft, but it seems that everybody's saying, yes, Microsoft, Live.com, MSN Search has, you know, Windows Live, other thousands of names have updated um, and the algorithm has changed, and it, you know, 
it's now easier to rank well for anything on Microsoft. I don't know. I mean, uh, Chris, have you seen anything with that with your clients or anything? Well, I don't know if it actually can get any easier to rank well on MSN <laughs> or not. So uh, that's an uh, interesting way that you stated that. Um, obviously, we have uh, no, no, had no chance to really look over this yet, but uh, maybe we can follow up on that topic next week or something, and I, I can uh, give you some insight from some of our clients and, and see if we've seen any changes. Cool. We would like specific names and URLs and keywords that they are ranking for well. Okay? Okay. Yes, please. Perfect. <laughs> Ben, do you have any of that for us? Uh, yeah, I was looking at it a little bit. I was on the forums a lot just trying to figure out what people were saying, and um, it seems the changes are pretty positive in terms of what MSN did. It wasn't like a really big change, it seems. It just seemed like they were just trying to go through and eliminate some of the spam, and, um, you know, people reporting that they did, you know, weren't seeing as much blogspot spam anymore, much uh, subdomain spam as much anymore, but it's still there regardless, and... Um, you know, the quality is improving, but it's just going to take some time, I think, in order to figure out how to catch these people. Right. And time is, I guess, what they have, I guess. I don't know. Um, they just launched another thing today, but we'll get to that later. Um, on the uh, topic of updates, we did see a possible PageRank update. Um, it happened uh, on November 2nd, which was Thursday, the day before the MSN update. And I'm not sure how many sites have seen their PageRank update. and doesn't happen that often. It happens about once every month or every three weeks. And I don't know, guys. Um, ben, have you guys seen any PageRank updates or confirmed any of that? Um, I saw stuff bounce around a little bit. Some people were saying it was like a rollback, possibly, but that doesn't seem to be the case. And it seems that, like, the previous update they did, I don't know, like several weeks ago, I, I don't really try to keep track of these things, um, was part of this update that was undergoing um, and that PR was finally filtering through. And, you know, there was those people on the forums watching the data centers and, look, I got a PR5 when I was a PR4. It's like big deal. Um, but, yeah, there it seems that there has been some changes in the last week or so. Right. Chris, your thoughts? Yeah, whether it was a rollback or not, uh, there, there's been some slight changes. But as usual, whenever these come up, we're, we're seeing uh, – you know, the standard uh, deviation seems to be for us, you know, about 50% going up, about 30 to 40% staying the same, and maybe 10 to 20% sometimes dropping. Right. And, um, yeah, I mean, so the update, I mean, I've seen some sites change. Um, again, you know, we're not sure if it's a rollback or if it's updating or whatever, no confirmation from Google on that, but it really doesn't matter because your rankings do not change on the day your exactly. page rank changes because these are just from back, you know, who knows when and uh, they're not current uh, page rank. Yeah, one of the interesting things about the page rank updates that are going on is people are noticing that like, in, within Google Sitemaps or in the Webmaster Central that the crawl stats, um, based on like how Google shows the page rank, you know, the little bars, are actually changing when these updates are happening. So uh, that was kind of interesting, and I think that's how some of these people are noticing it too. Cool. All right, so let's, let's take a quick uh, commercial break, and we'll get into more topics after the break. Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse. Pulse. We'll be back after this short break. It's no secret. Linking with relevant sites is a dynamic way to enhance site traffic. Avoid using unethical practices to promote your website. Obtain quality, relevant links with linksmanager.com. Since 1999, linksmanager.com has been the leading choice for managing link campaigns by thousands of websites. Editor-based link management software makes relevant link exchange ethical, fast, and easy. No software to install. Free unlimited support. Try linksmanager.com free for 30 days. Accept no limitations. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. VR Web. 
Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? Well, what kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. Flashback, November 2004. A brand new radio station launched onto the World Wide Web. That station was WebmasterRadio.fm. Today, Webmaster Radio is one of the fastest growing internet media outlets in the world. In the world. Webmaster Radio boasts one of the most respected talk radio lineups in the internet business world. Danny Sullivan, Chris Tall, Susan Brett, Jim Hedger, Barry Schwartz, Jeremy Shoemaker, Ryan and Jeffrey Eisenberg, Greg Nyland, Katie Kempner. We travel coast to coast to bring you the most extensive and detailed live coverage of the most high-profile trade shows in the world. Ad tech, search engine strategy, RSA, Webmaster World, DMA, Ecom Expo. And we have brought you keynote speeches and interviews of some of the biggest influential names in business today. Eric Schmidt, Andrew Hayward, Barry Diller, John Patel, Keith Barraza, and way too many others to mention. Our live programming and on-demand podcasting keeps the B2B world informed. We are Webmaster Radio. And we're everywhere. Now, back to The Pulse. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome back to The Search Pulse. This is Barry Schwartz. Again, with us today is... Chris Boggs and Ben Pfeiffer. Speaking about being everywhere, like Webmaster Radio, um, we at the Search Engine Roundtable tend to do a lot of coverage of conferences such as the Webmaster World's PubCon and the Search Engine Strategies conferences. Um, Webmaster World PubCon is coming up in exactly one week from today. Um, we at the Search Engine Roundtable will be doing some coverage of the Webmaster World PubCon, like we always do, and. Including in that coverage will be, obviously, myself. Uh, Chris Boggs will be covering a lot of sessions. And also, Daz Landana, who is well-known in the search forums, she'll be covering about one session uh, per day for the three days, which is great to have. Um, unfortunately, Ben won't be able to make it to Vegas, um, but I'm sure he's sad about that. And Yeah, I've always know. wanted to go to Vegas. <laughs> but um, it should be a lot of fun. I mean, Chris, what do you any... Looking forward to anything specifically? <laughs> well, uh, it's a five-letter word, uh, Vegas. <laughs> I, I always enjoy myself in Vegas. Uh, when I used to live in San Diego, um, that was one of the uh, places that we'd go and hang out and just really let loose. So it's going to be a little bit different, obviously, being in a conference setting and having to blog and so forth. But I'm sure I'll have a great time, and uh, you know, we'll be able to pump out some great coverage uh, as usual and and hopefully uh, provide some, um, you know, m- means for the people that can't make it to the conference to uh, sort of be there virtually. Right. And I, I personally love staying in the hotel that doesn't have the casino. Um, it's right next to the, uh, I forgot what it's called, the Radisson, Radisson Renaissance, something like that. And it's right next to the uh, the conference center. And it gives me a, a way to not be, you know, it gives me, I, I'm guaranteed to go ahead and blog all the sessions without having to stay up all night and gamble or do whatever, you know. Let everybody else have fun. I'm there to, uh, you know, help the, uh, you know, I'm a good doer. You know how it is. But uh, <laughs> All the things all the things you usually do, Barry. <laughs> yeah, you know. Staying up all night and gambling and drinking. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm known at the conferences for not going out to any parties, not, you know, hanging out after events and stuff like that. I just sit in the room and blog as much as possible at night. Um, just because I didn't get enough blogging done that whole day, you know. But, uh, you know, Ben, you've been doing this for me, with us for a while, and, you know, you know how it gets addictive, right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I know how it goes, yeah. Only if I only had a camera at some of those times. <laughs> you get <laughs> so unbelievable how crazy people go and just how, how much fun they have at the conferences. It's like, it's, it's almost like the reason sometimes they go. Yeah, and supposedly Vegas, I mean, what I hear about what goes on when I'm not there, um, but it's... You know, it's craziness, and it's a great conference to go to. It's supposed to be huge this time. Uh, Chris and I will both be speaking at different events, 
uh, different sessions. And so just make sure to check us out, and uh, we'll say hello, and maybe you'll get a free uh, Search Engine Roundtable uh, yo-yo or something like that. Um, <laughs> so say hello. And um, all right, so the next topic I want to discuss was that Google advertisers are re- now receiving payouts um, for the settlements. There was a click fraud settlement back, I don't know, in July, where Google agreed to pay out $90 million um, to the various advertisers and the lawyers. So now people are actually, advertisers are actually getting refunds. They're seeing in their editor account credits that can be used for you know future campaigns. So you know obviously it's not cash in your pocket, but they're able to use this. The funny thing is that a lot of these people are getting pennies back. It's like you know after spending four hundred eighty thousand dollars over three and a half years with Google Ads AdWords, I see a credit of two hundred eighty dollars in my account. Here's another one. I spent one hundred eighty-eight thousand dollars this year alone. My payout is only thirty bucks. This is a joke. That's what he keeps. That's what he says. And everybody's like saying you know. I got $6.45 of the credit, like, big deal. Um, the people who really made out on this was, uh, were the lawyers, pretty much. The lawyers, I think, took more, more than half of the quick fraud settlement, and the rest has to be distributed amongst uh, you know, a you know, trillion advertisers. Um, yeah, Chris, I mean, I don't know if you know the number that Avenue A raising the fish got refunded, but you know, what have you seen about this? Well, um, you know, we, we're working towards uh, helping to solve click fraud along with, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like saying helping to cure cancer probably, but, uh, you know, we're trying to do our best in, in terms of working in conjunction with Sempo and Fair Isaac, um, and, uh, you know, we naturally have a fair, uh, a, a, you know, not a fair amount, but we have our share of click fraud, and uh, it's something that uh, our advertisers understand. I think an important thing to talk about about this 90 million click fraud settlement is all the people that weren't involved in the class action and those are the people that are are still holding their cards and waiting until they've got more solid data from uh, research done by Fair Isaac and, 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 and other places that are researching this um, and I think that those payouts are going to be uh, you know as, as an aggregate are really going to dwarf this 90 million dollar click fraud settlement and um, quite frankly, you know, people that jumped into the to the um, class action, uh, they're kicking themselves now because they're getting uh, a McDonald's Big Mac, and uh, and and maybe had they waited, uh, they may actually have gotten some some more legitimate payouts in, in the future. That that's my personal opinion on that. Okay, Ben, your thoughts? Yeah, that's a good point, Chris. Um, yeah, I just was uh, checking out. I, I didn't participate in the settlement in terms of the accounts that I've had with Google, um, so I didn't see anything. But um, it seems people were pretty uh, annoyed by the money they got back, and it seems that the lawyers got like thirty million of like the ninety million as a whole entire thing, which was pretty ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with Chris on what he said, and I think it will be interesting to see all those people that didn't participate in this whole in the settlement because they really had to sign over their rights, so to say. If uh, there'll be more money in the future, yeah, very good. Um, you know, we know that Chris uh, wasn't allowed to vote because he moved from one state to another. Um, but what about ranking well when you move from one domain to another? So you have a company, or you change ownership of the domain name. So you move your house from one place to another place, or you move your you know your, your domain name to one place to another place. And uh, I don't know if that transition is working too well. But anyway, um, so does don't change of domain name ownership hurt your rankings? If you change the WHOIS record um, information, so let's say you sold, like, for example, TextLink Ads was sold today. Uh, they're going to sell their name, TextLinkAds.com, I assume will be now under the WHOIS record of um, MediaWiz who bought them. Will that have an effect on their rankings? Um, so that was a big question back in, the, in, you know, when they first released some papers and the whole sandbox thing. And a lot of people are saying, solely based on the who is record being changed, um, if everything else remains constant, then it will make no, it will have no effect on your rankings. It won't hurt you, won't benefit you. It will just stay the same. But people disagree with that. Um, ben, your thoughts on anything? 
Yeah, I, I completely agree that I, it has absolutely no effect whatsoever. I mean, there's a, a lot of people that have been worried about this based on, like, the patent documents and, like, what they mentioned in regards to tracking some of this stuff. And I think that some SEOs that I've talked to have, or have seen have, are basically what they're monitoring is the DNS records and the changes but based on the hosting. Um, that if anything, if Google's going to look for anything, they're probably going to look at that because who has records aren't really reliable, and especially with all the who has privacy out there that a lot of, like, uh, domain owners are opting for that these days that it's constantly changing and it's not really an accurate representation of anything. Um, and then if you do sell your site, um, you know, you can change the name and it'll probably be okay. Um, I've never heard of any actually penalties or anything associated with, you know, changing uh, domains or owners on that domain. So, um, you know, if somebody asked me, I'd just say no. Cool. Yeah, I mean, Chris probably agrees, I think, right? Yeah, good point, Ben. Um, I, I would think that uh, one of you know this is the kind of thing where Reynolds loves loves these kind of ideas because there's going to be lots of tinfoil hats that are going to be fashioned and they're going to be nice and and big and uh, the, the change domain name ownership. I mean, if you really put a tinfoil hat on for a minute and you think about maybe if they would come back and let's say you were to buy a, a site that uh, you are you have a bunch of links to to another site that you own. Uh, on that side, and they've helped uh, your ranking in the past, and possibly if for some reason maybe someone was to manually go back and see that that it's a, you know, and, and maybe they had gone in the past and it wasn't considered an issue and it didn't seem like it was possible link spamming or anything like that, you know, that's that's a theory where you could possibly, like I said, put your tinfoil on and, and, and go to town, but uh, I really don't think that uh, this is going to, you know, cause any changes unless... And then there's always a possibility that the change in the domain name ownership then leads to other things that could possibly cause a hurt in the ranking. So let's say you someone in England buys your site and they want to move the hosting over there. So then you may suddenly get some help in the rankings over in UK uh, because your, your site's not hosted in UK, but it, it may may affect your .com rankings. That that's an example of maybe going further down the line on that. But I think that just the change in the domain name ownership would probably not hurt the ranking. Um, I wanted to add one thing in regards to the domain thing. I know, like in the domain space itself in the industry, there's just talk about um, if you purchase, like, say for example, an expired domain that has you know linkage or page rank or whatnot. Um, you know, if you purchase that domain, well, months later or weeks later, will Google catch on to this and basically just you know make it a blank slate? Um, and for a lot of aspects, that does happen. I've seen it happen with domains that I've purchased that have expired. And I think, I don't know how they exactly do it, and I'm not an expert on it, but I think they monitor the status of the domain because, you know, at any point a domain could be active or inactive or, you know, um, expiring or locked or such and such. And so that is one, like, parameter, so to say, that they could monitor so they could see a full list of all the domains that are expiring and then consequently, um, you know, wipe them clean in terms of any potential for ranking or page rank in the future. So you basically have to start over just like a new domain. Mm. Yes, that is that was a good point. Good point, Ben. Um, next topic. Some Firefox browsers are blocking Google AdWords clicks. So, for example, you're using Firefox, and you see an ad after doing a search at Google.com. You try clicking on that ad, and for some reason the ad won't click. You keep clicking, it doesn't go through. Um, people, some people are blaming Firefox. I believe um, from last night's show with um, Dave Naylor and Mikkel um, from their show. I forgot what it's called. I think it's I forgot what it's called. Anyway, from their show, um, Dave blames um, Google, not Firefox, for this bug. Um, I did some coverage of it, um, and I just reported on it. People are reporting that it happens in both Firefox 2.0 and also Firefox 1.5. Um, AdWords Advisor is aware, at Google AdWords is aware of this problem. They're asking people to report it um, using the, ad, the contact form, the AdWords support area. Just go ahead and report this issue and say, tell them the fire version of Firefox you're using, cut and paste the paste source. Also include a screenshot, whatever, and um, use some text to describe what the actual issue is. Um, currently, no word back from AdWords as far as I know. Uh, Chris, have anybody pointed this out to you? Have you seen anything more? Um, actually, I really um, will skip this topic because I don't really use Firefox, and, and I rarely click on uh, AdWords. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, okay, no problem. Good point, Chris. So let's move on to uh, Ben. Um, yeah, I looked into this a little bit. I do use Firefox. I love Firefox. It's um, I've completely converted from IE. Um, I actually had a little bit of problems, and I think what the problem was was one of the theories on why this was happening was dynamic keyword insertion. So all those ads, like on the, you know, that were in the two to fifth position, um, that were basically inserting keywords, like for example, cheap w- widgets or um, you know combinations of them. Um, it was basically the Firefox browser wasn't allowing it to go through because it was, I, I don't know exactly why, but. From what I read, it happened to do with dynamic keyword insertion, and other people were speculating that it had to do with um, improper like um, HTML or div tags that overlapped so that you, you couldn't technically click on the link because it was behind another layer, so to say. So that's what I've learned about that topic. Um, I haven't really clicked on a lot of ads to, to verify it. but <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right, so uh, Esther, next week, you report, I want you to click on every single ad you see and report back to us. Um, yeah, all the URLs and eBay ads. Too. eBay yeah. ads. <laughs> cool. All right, so let's move on to the next topic. Um, I want to ask you both. First, Ben, are you a white hat? Um, yeah, I guess you could class me as a white hat. I've okay. done some. I've done some shady gray hat things in the past, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much white hat. Okay. And Chris, are you a white hat? I think. Um, Let's see, Todd Friesen might call me a white hat, or Dax might call me a white hat, but uh, Jill Whalen probably wouldn't. So okay. I would say that I'm somewhere in the, uh, in the vicinity between white and gray. Yeah, but what type of white hat? Like luminous pearly white or off-white? Probably a sort of an off-white ivory <laughs> style. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that I'm probably was, off-white, too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that post. Um, what everybody's refer, what um, Chris and Ben are referring to is a post by Tim Converse. He's basically the Mac Cuts of Yahoo, um, and he posted an excellent post that I spotted and reported back um, about. He actually um, shaded um, the different types between white and black uh, hats. So he has a dark inky black. He has a charcoal black, a dark gray black, slate slate gray, gray light gray, off white, white. And obviously the uh, Chris Boggs of white, um, which he didn't call that. And it's pretty funny. If you have time, take a look at that post. It's hard to go ahead and, because, you know, it's hard for any white hat to say I'm a full white hat. It's hard for any black hat to say I'm a full black hat. Um, usually there are shades, and it's very interesting to get from a spam fighter at a search engine to get his views of the different shades of white hat to black hat. It's very, very interesting. So it's definitely worth taking a look at. Um Anybody have anything you want to add to that? or? Yeah, I don't think anybody's necessarily like the, the premium white hat, which like defined in this list was luminescent pearly white, which the definition was not only does this SEO do everything the white hat SEO does, but the luminescent pearly white SEO also makes sure that pages will not show up for irrelevant queries. So if you're an SEO, are you really going to want to take down pages because they're coming up for queries that aren't really about it? No. Probably not. Um, Chris's friend Doug Heal might be considered uh, a top, <laughs> top. I mean, Chris, I mean, what do you think? <laughs> Did you know he has a new wiki page in Doug Heal? I saw that. That's why I brought it up, yeah. Uh, the, uh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> the, uh, <clears throat> the post itself, excuse me, uh, I thought was uh, interesting because it, it, he relates it to the U.S. terror threat color codes and in my opinion, it's about as easy to understand as, as that, the way that he's, he's described it, you know. And, I mean, when we go to the airport, whether it's conditioned green or yellow or orange, I mean, I basically don't see that much of a difference. I think if we would go to red, we'd probably be seeing, you know, guys walking around with machine guns, and I, I think that's the same thing sort of on the uh, search engine point of view. I mean, to me, it seems like they really go after the really uh, – intense black hats, as it were, although the black hats would probably let you know that uh, they don't, in, in fact, go after them that much. So uh, to me, you know, it's an interesting conversation, but it's, uh, it's about as easy to decipher and understand as the U.S. terrorist threat color codes. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was, was a fun post. Um, but it's time for us to move on to the next topic, which is Yahoo Search Marketing, their version 2.0, which is co-named Panama 
um, people outside of the initial group of invites. Uh, there were seven of us who were invited to test Panama out earlier. Um, now people, other people who have requested invites are now receiving invites, invites to join the Panama release. So, um, so I think, um, I don't know if anybody in the chat room has, you know, requested an invite, but that is, um, that is out there. So, you know, soon you'll see your Panama invites, and if you are upgrading, make sure to give yourself a lot of time because there's an eight-hour time frame where you cannot make changes to your ads. Um, ben, do you have anything to add to that? Um, not too much. I've submitted a couple clients to convert conversion just to, to start testing things out, but it hasn't gone through all the all the way right now. So, um, no, just waiting. Okay. And Chris, your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to skip this one too. Sorry. Yeah, nothing really to add there. And something probably also want to skip on is uh, the Jotspot, um, where Google acquired a wiki Wikipedia maker called Jotspot. And it's at jot.com. Uh, they bought, um, you know, the company. Not sure why. They basically own already. Uh, they own a company called Rightly, which is now Google Docs and spreadsheets. So I guess they could have just adapted that to make a wiki editor. But now we have a jotspot.com owned by Google. Um, I've been using Jotspot for a while. Um, part of my work with Search Engine Watch um, because that's what Danny uses. Uh, and it works well. It's pretty cool. It's Web 2.0 and all that fun jazz. I don't know, if, uh, Chris, have you ever tried Jotspot? I haven't used Jotspot. Um, our internal wiki here at Avenue A Razorfish is the media wiki um, package that uh, that does Wikipedia, the same thing. And that's pretty cool. I mean, as a non-developer type person that I am, I actually have uh, a, you know not too difficult of a time adding and, and uh, updating content. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, one of the things that, that struck me as a little bit curious was uh, a comment in uh, one of the uh, threads that we're talking about the uh, Jotspot acquisition, and it was uh, discussing. Uh, shoot, why don't I go to Ben and I'll find it and come back. Okay, ben, we'll hand off to you, buddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I haven't used Jotspot, so um, I have wanted to, but uh, I guess it's a little too late for that right now. But um, yeah. I've heard good things about it. But Barry made a good point, and I guess in your post, it was like, why not hire a couple developers to develop something like this? And then there you go, you got a product. But I guess in Google style, it's easier to purchase the company and incorporate that knowledge and expertise and exposure already into the Google brand. So Right. And they do make a point. To, I think maybe this is what Chris wanted to say. Um, was that the two who started Jotspot um, and sold to Google? Look, they are now the Google employees. That's kind of interesting because the, they are the two of the five co-founders of Excite.com, which was a major portal and I think you know has some search technology also back in the day. So now Google owns or has those guys as employees. Uh, Chris. Is that what you wanted to say? Yeah, I remembered what I wanted to say. I still can't find the place, but it, it's uh, it, somebody was comparing it to the fact that uh, it's going to match up nicely with Google Docs and spreadsheets and some of the other things, and they were saying that it's sort of a, a community-type thing. But I, I thought it was interesting that they failed to mention uh, Google Co-op when they were talking about community. So I don't know if there's possibly some future, uh, maybe the ability to set up your profile in co-op or something of that nature that could, you know, be down the line, or it could just be one of those things that Google buys and 10 years later they might do something with it, you know. Cool. I think that's a good time to hit a commercial break. When we get back, we might hear some yodeling. Have a, we'll see you soon, guys. Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse. We'll be back after this short break. Best of the Web, the Internet's oldest directory, EOTW.org, since 1994. Our editors scour the web, finding quality sites, providing users with spam-free resources, relevant information from valuable sites. Submit your site now for a guaranteed review in three days or less. For webmasters needing additional exposure, check out our 60-day free trial on category sponsorships. 60 days free advertising. No kidding. 
And don't forget the Best of the Web's reseller program with the industry's highest commissions. 25% recurring commission on all products and services. Bloggers, make sure to check out the BOTW blog directory and the recently launched volunteer editor program to help build the best blog resource on the web. Incredibly entertaining. I want to ask you a question that comes with controversy. Oh, now you're really tapping into it, Byron. See, now you get a chance to ask all the questions that you always wanted to know. Even better is it's going to be podcasts so we can listen and laugh later. (laughs) This is one of your favorite things. Keep it simple, stupid. Tiger, tiger, tiger. Yeah, no question. I think it was tiger, 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 tiger. <laughs> he is the name. I mean, he is what golf is uh, resting on right now. <laughs> I think he's a great team player. He did buy his wife a new yacht. Yeah, well, for that team, he's doing well. Yeah. <laughs> Get to know Melanie Mayer on Life Tips, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, back to The Pulse, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome back to The Search Pulse. My name is Barry Schwartz from The Search Engine Roundtable and from Rusty Brick. Again, with us is Ben Pfeiffer from The Search Engine Roundtable and from RankSmart and Chris Boggs from The Search Engine Roundtable and also from Avenue A Razorfish. Uh, I promise you some yodeling when we get back. The problem is I went to Yahoo's homepage it used to be like yesterday, specifically when you went to the Yahoo homepage and you clicked on the exclamation point in the Yahoo logo at the top left, what you got was a little flash file that actually played back a yodeling sound, you know, the Yahoo yodeling voice, which was pretty cool. Um, but now that's gone because Yahoo has a special election day logo that's not um, yodeling enabled. But hopefully maybe Ben could do some yodeling for us. Um, I know. <laughs> I'll go ahead and try. All right. Um, all right, here we go. Yahoo! That was pretty good. Chris, what do you think about that, that? work? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Does, I've already go, reached does, puberty. Does, uh, oh, you're asking me to... for one? Or? No, no. Hey, I I does, does Ben make it to Hollywood? Oh, Ben's there. Ah, nice. American uh, for search marketers. <laughs> no, but it was cool. You guys have a chance to check that out before they changed the well, I um, did. I checked it out. It was cool. Cool. And Ben, do you see that or no? Yeah, I did, actually. It was kind of like what I just sang. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> okay, cool. So that, I wish you could see it. Maybe go back tomorrow um, when all this election stuff is over and then all those commercials are off the air. And thank God they're off the air because I can't stand those commercials. And uh, we'll get some yodeling back. Uh, next thing is pretty interesting topic. It's about subdomains and their benefit in the search engine optimization uh, field. By adding subdomains to your site, um, they, Danny Sullivan understands those as standalone sites and not necessarily related to the main domain. So what that allows you to do is get multiple listings for your whatever your keyword phrase is um, as standalone sites instead of being sub, um, you, know, un, you know, indented in under your main result and a sublisting and only get two results in the, in the main results, you can actually get a lot more. An example search on that is you search on Google, in Google, and you'll see that Google dominates the whole entire first ten at least. I mean, I'm sure they dominate the first hundred or so of uh, results. So www.google.com, images.google.com, earth.google.com, maps.google.com, video, groups, news, all, etc. .google.com. And they act as separate sites. Google may change that. But right now, if you want to do some reputation management for your company specifically, maybe separating out your pages into subdomains might help. Maybe not. I don't know. I'll give it a try, and we'll see. Um, Chris, your thoughts on this? 
first of all, I think it's very interesting, um, you know, and that's a perfect example that you pulled up as, as Google. I mean, always look at the horse's mouth, uh, or maybe that's the wrong uh, analogy, but... Anyway, if you'll notice, they put all their subdomains uh, first, and then uh, at number eight, it comes in with googleco.uk. So I decided real quick to run a uh, Google search at googleco.uk, and we still get google.com first, and then google.co.uk, but uh, then you only have a couple subdomains that show up before google.ca, and then a few more subdomains. In, In either case, though, this is... Contrary to what in the past has been the common belief uh, it's that, that I've seen, that uh, subdomains you know, aren't, aren't good for additional rankings. Personally, um, if I was to strategize for an international client that had, uh, I mean, we've seen this before where there's people that have uh, you know, th- tens of thousands of pages and they have all their international pages in, in a folder, so it's, you know, site forward slash UK, site forward slash Africa, sites whatever, I would think that this is a strong, um, um, you know, a strong vote towards actually moving those international versions of the websites towards uh, a subdomain and seeing if you could do a little bit better, especially in, in the .com domain versus the Google for whatever particular country that is. And uh, that was a free bit of uh, strategy brought to you by the Pulse from Search Engine Roundtable. Very nice, very nice. Ben, could you top that? Um, I don't know, maybe. Um, I, I, I'm still kind of amazed in how subdomains um, still are very useful for, like, the SEO um, and in search as well. I know in, like, MSN, like, they're rampant all over the place. Like, any search that I usually do is, like, sometimes there's, there's some type of, um, you know, subdomain site that's popped up in the top results. And even in Google, they seem to do pretty well. I know... Some 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 subdomains I've established on sites continue to outrank the main domain, um, you know, months and months later as the rankings have changed. Um, so you know, I think it's it's they're still really useful, and 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 I don't know if they're doing anything to find ways to stop this in terms of spam problems, but it's kind of almost less a double-edged sword. Sometimes it seems like an MSN, as like they try to combat it more and more, they're attaching trying to attach subdomains with authority, and what they're getting is. A lot of these government sites or whatnot are doing really well for these subdomain searches. But if your site has authority too, then any subdomain you pop up on your do- you know main domain is going to rank really well. So it's a good thing and sometimes a bad thing. But um, yeah, continue to pump out those subdomain sites. They're doing pretty well still. I guess that goes back to uh, my previous uh, assertion that I'm more white hat because I didn't even think of subdomain spam. Of course. Uh, I guess, Ben, that uh, says a little something about you, perhaps, there. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, of course not. I've never done anything with subdomains ever in my life. No, but where it's really at is a sub-subdomain spam, right? Right, right. That was the big topic of discussion about, like, I think two months ago, where Google just ridiculously ate up these sub-subdomains, mm-hmm. and they rank so well. But anyway, um, I think we should move on to the next topic, um, which is, Microsoft Ad Center updates their Ad Center Labs tool. One is they added 4 million new keywords to the search funnel tool, and they also added a new tool named Keyword Forecast, which shows you the impression count forecast and demographic predictions of your search results. So, for example, I plotted Google versus Yahoo versus Ask.com versus MSN against each other, and what you can see is the keyword monthly history trend and impressions counts with predictions of what's going to happen. It also shows you a cool breakdown of, you know, the age distribution between all those four keyword phrases. I use Google, Yahoo, Ask, and MSN, and it shows you that specifically um, MSN has a pretty older age group compared to the other ones, as well as a pretty younger age group as well. Um, But the 18 to 24, uh, they kind of lack in the age group, uh, and 25 to 34, which I guess seems okay, or maybe... I don't know. I'm not exactly sure if it's accurate because I know in the past their tools have been pretty not accurate, I think. And also the genders. Um, MSN is very, very male-dominant, which I would not think. I guess people searching MSN. It's not MSN, the search engine, but people searching the keyword MSN um, is thinking that. So, I mean, again, this is very, very rough stuff. I did a bad example of comparing keywords such as Google, Yahoo, Ask.com, and MSN in a search tool, but I mean, it just shows cool plots and everything. Have uh, um, Chris, have you tried it at all? Or? 
Uh, I haven't tried it, but once again, I mean, M- MSN, especially with AdCenter, has been coming out with some really cool stuff. I mean, this is a flashy kind of stuff, too, that executives love to see. And uh, personally, the way that you cut it on the, uh, the roundtable post makes it look a little bit confusing, especially on the, um, whichever axis that is, the vertical axis. Um, it, it, it looks like the numbers don't really go up, but I think that it's because it's, uh, it's uh, dot, dot, dotted there, and uh, there actually are larger than the previous numbers. But I would think that they would maybe want to use like some more you know, decent uh, um, types of numbers to separate the lines, something a little bit more of a whole number instead of some random you know, 522 or 5,229,740 and then jumping up to... So, but, but personally, I think that this is, uh, you know, just another example of how MSN seems to uh, spend a lot of time on, on making things look pretty. But as you mentioned, with that good point, that it's not always uh, accurate. So what do you think, Ben? Um, yeah, no, I would agree, too. Um, I haven't got a whole lot of time to play around with the AdCenter tools yet, so um, I'm going to have to move on and decline from that. But, yeah, no, I agree with Chris. Okay. Um Last Friday, um, I was invited to check out the new Google Manhattan office. It was pretty cool. Uh, Vanessa Fox uh, invited me. Um, I paid $23 for parking. It's on 76 Ninth Avenue between 15th and 16th in New York, Chelsea area. Um, and I parked under Google's building. Obviously, Google doesn't own the parking lot. It's just, you know. And um, I went into the main lobby, which is on the first floor. Then you had to sign up. It took me about, like, 10 minutes or so to get into the into the main lobby on the fourth floor for Google. And I took a picture of that. It's pretty cool. Um, there's still things being constructed. You can see a little ladder there, um, things going on there. Um, then I took a picture of Vanessa Fox by this very neat um, Google counter with food. That was not the Google Cafe, but it was next to it. And then I took some pictures of the Google game rooms where they had a pool table, they had all these little games, and they had a basketball hoop and all stuff indoors. It was a pretty cool office. You know, it was cool to chat with Vanessa Fox, um, who's in charge of the Webmaster Central um, team. And um, I don't know. I mean, guys, do you have any questions about it or anything? Um, it seemed pretty the, big, uh, Barry. Um, you said they used little scooters to get from one side to the other. Like, were they like yeah, segways I mean, or something? Yeah, the whole thing is really long. It's, it's one whole city block, so it's really a huge space. I think they have two or three floors. But to get from one side of one floor to the next other side of one floor could take a while. So they have these mm. scooters, and if you're interested in scooting by um, scooters, y- you could do that. I mean, it's pretty cool. Chris, mm. your thoughts? Uh, just that it seems that the $23 for parking has uh, uh, definitely was something that stayed with you for a while there, Barry. Is that, is that pretty high? I mean, isn't that kind of New York parking rates usually? Yeah, uh, I think it's actually pretty low. I mean, I paid over $40 for one hour of parking um, closer to the uh, you know, Midtown area, you know, Madison Avenue, Midtown portion. Yeah, and so it's not crazy. I just People think it's crazy if they're out of town that $23 is a lot, so I figured I'd mention that and see what people can, say. But. Kid Disco was asking in the uh, chat room if they paid you back for that. Did they not stamp your ticket or anything like that? No, I didn't ask for them to pay me back. Oh, but on the way in, I actually got a ticket for $200. Um, I was speeding no. in the Palace States. So. <laughs> but uh, so the whole trip was about $200, was $23, plus I think the bridge was about $7 and gas these days. And I don't know, in time. That's the- but no, I didn't get it. But it was, a cool, it was worth it, I think. It was, it was worth it. What I learned from it is uh, do not speed. So that's pretty much <laughs> what I took away from it. But there are some cool new things that Google will be releasing. I can't say what they are, but guys will be very impressed. Yeah, what type of algorithms did you see up there? It's funny. I wasn't allowed to take pictures of anything. I couldn't take pictures of people. I couldn't take pictures of, of whiteboards. I couldn't take pictures of people's desks just because I was in the engineering department area, which is the whole fourth floor. It was all engineers, and the eighth floor was salespeople. But I was an engineer, so I couldn't take pictures of anything. So it was uh, it was interesting. I didn't really pick up any any algorithms or anything. But subdomains are where it's at. No, I'm just joking. Um, uh, so. uh, Barry, there's a question from the forums, and they were asking, did Google buy the office space, or are they renting it? They're renting it. I think I, I didn't ask I mean, Vanessa. Didn't know, I didn't ask Vanessa that, but I I think from my past coverage on it, they are renting it. I think it's costing them a ridiculous amount. Um, it was just a ridiculous amount of per month, but. It's worth it. Um, I mean, that New York has a lot of talent, and they have offices all over the world. New York just makes sense for them to have an office there. 
uh, Vanessa's actually from the Seattle office, so she flew in for a meeting um, for a few days there, and she said, you know, she knew I was from New York, so it was a cool opportunity just to check out the first one, check out the new New York office, and then check out, um, speak with her about some webmaster issues that she was interested in hearing about. You know, uh, as a related thing, um, Avenue A just moved into, one of our offices just moved up there, and I think we're actually subleasing it from Google. Did, did you hear anything? In that Did mention building? anything about that? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, that's where one of our offices just moved also. Isn't that a conflict of interest there? Uh, I don't think so. You know, we are the largest interactive agency in the United States. So. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> no, but uh, I don't know. Okay, anyway, yeah, so I didn't hear anything. I'll try to find out about that. If you could find out, I guess I could look on their website and see if any's you know, listing there, and that would be cool. But I would love to hear about that later on. Um. All right, we're going to do a couple more topics, and then maybe we'll go into a crew break and then go into lightning round. Um, the next topic is that Google invited, I don't know how much time we have, but I'm sure the webmaster radio people will tell me soon. Um, but Google invited about 100 advertisers to test out their publication ads, or basically print ads, in newspapers with about 50 different U.S. newspapers. So one person at PPC, ppcdiscussions.com, who I've been I read his blog, he's one of the people who actually got invited into this test, um, and he's been tracking it. You know, he got an email. Do you want to participate? He said yes. Then he, he got an, he got an email back saying, "Here are the specs. You have to send us back these details," which he did. And then today he got or on or yesterday he got an email from Google saying, "You have been submitted, and your ads will run, and I think it's going to run in a month or so, and it will be a three month test, and it's pretty cool. It'll, you know, it's pretty cool." So. Um, I don't know what your guys' thoughts about about this. Um, let's start with Ben, and then we'll go with Chris, and after Chris, we'll hit a commercial break. So, Ben, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think it's uh, relatively interesting. Um, I wonder what the, the, like, the ads are actually going to look like within the newspaper or magazine or something like that. There's been a lot of discussion on this, just like on just in overall on the Internet in general about Google's decision to do this, whether it's going to be viable or not, and whether... You know, newspapers already obsolete, and you know whether Google's just moving in and it's kind of medium that's only once in a while and not a continual type of thing, and whether it's going to be worthwhile for those advertisers to advertise um, in this because you know, or like a magazine too, it only comes out once a month. Um, but you know, I think it's pretty cool, and if if Google can do something like this, this probably would have a lot of interest from people that want to move into the offline like, portion of the uh, advertising. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting. And, Chris, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it looks like Google's just, uh, you know, trying to move towards selling their non-search inventory more effectively. Um, they did move someone who just ran their West Coast Salesforce to, uh, her name's Karen Crow, I think, to oversee uh, a department they're calling Branding. So, apparently, I think they are moving towards, uh, you know, trying to sell more of this non-search inventory and make themselves more of a, well-rounded marketing company, perhaps. Right. And that, I mean, that is important because right now over 90% of Google's revenue uh, are from those, um, are from those um, web ads, um, those pay-per-click ads and the contextual ads. So increasing that inventory and having it distributed out in many areas, print, radio, and TV, is important for Google's future success in everybody's opinion. All right, so let's take a quick commercial break. When we get back, I'll let you know how much more time we have, and we'll try to finish up after that. So we'll see you soon. Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse. Pulse. We'll be back after this short break. the right affiliate program to partner with? Hey, all we're trying to do is make the most money in the least amount of time. The answer is simple. JoeBucks.com, the world's leading herbal affiliate program. JoeBucks.com is the direct manufacturer, so there's no middleman. This will allow you to make up to 50% the highest payouts on the net and also get paid twice a month. Sign up today and watch your income grow. JoeBucks.com. 
Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? Well, what kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. Dishy Mix. Ego. Machismo. Unadulterated cockiness. Fantastic ideas, full-hearted business plans, gut-wrenching stories, fascinating particulars, turn-ons and tips from the web world with host Susan Bratton. Get the whole mix, the Dishy Mix, every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, back to... The Pulse, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Search Pulse. My name is Barry Schwartz. Again, with us is Ben Pfeiffer and Chris Boggs. I think we're going to go into lightning round now. We're going to try to wrap up everything else in five minutes. Chris and Ben, if you want to jump in, just, you know, jump in. And Otherwise, I'm just going to go straight with the remaining, remaining like, ten topics or so. Um, okay. The first topic I'm going to hit is, should you group all your sites under one Webmaster Central account? Well, Google has a cool thing. It's at Webmaster Central, um, and what it allows you to do is, you know, use the site map tools and all that fun stuff. Now there's a debate if you should put all your sites into one Google, uh, Webmaster Central account or not. Um, obviously, if you're doing any black hat stuff, no. If you're, doing, if you're a pure white hat like Chris, then I see no reason why you can't. Um, but typically, you want to have all your site owners have their own uh, accounts, and they give you the username and password so you can have access to it. Obviously, if you're doing your own SEO, you're probably doing some black hat stuff, and you probably want to keep them separate for that purpose. But it's really about your convenience and your risk level. Um, if anybody wants to jump in, jump in now. Otherwise, let's go. Okay, I'm going. Next topic. Um, Yahoo has been seen, again, to ask for feedback on the search results. So um, SEO Disco has some screenshots, which I post in the chat room, which allows, which has, uh, you can actually go ahead and see a little poll on the search results when you do a search at Yahoo search, go to search at Yahoo.com, do a search, it only comes up for some people. It asks you how useful are the first two results, and it gives you a scale from one to five, one being not useful and five being very useful. So this is not the first time Yahoo has tried rating results. They've done it in the past. Google is also known for um, asking people to rate the results, um, but specifically they ask the users to rate the pay-per-click results and not the organic results. Um, and that, I have links to that in the chat room. Another topic is some people at Digital Point Forums have noticed an influx of links growing in the Yahoo Site Explorer. So, for example, your site might have, might have had 6,000 links um, reported by Site Explorer, but the day after when this report happened, you might have had 15,000 links reported. Again, nobody really noticed any um, search ranking changes, but it just they just noticed some things about that command. Um, Chris, do you have anything to add about that? Yeah, one quick thing. I just wish they'd show us more than a thousand. Right, right. That would be cool, uh, and I'm sure they're listening, and I'm sure they're going to do it now. Yeah. No, I'm just joking. But that would be cool, and we'll try to push push for more disclosure, and hopefully that will happen. Um, next topic is um, Ask.com made some splash this week. They had a, made a deal with Lycos to power their search engine, power their pay-per-click engine, and stuff like that. So previously, I think Google was running their pay-per-click, and Microsoft was running their search so now it's purely going to be uh, uh, driven by Ask.com search engine. So that's a great win by Ask. Obviously, um, you know, Lycos is a major portal. I think it's the fifth or sixth largest portal out there, and I'm pretty happy for them. Andrew Goodman posted his thoughts on it, saying that it's not a big deal, not a big deal for search marketers. But as obviously, you know, it's important for everybody in the industry to know that this is the case, and Bruce Clay has to go ahead and update his uh, search chart that he made a while ago. Uh, big congratulations to TextLink Ads for 
um, selling their company to media was a big New York media company. Um, I think the sale went through yesterday. Um, the sale did go through yesterday, and Patrick Gavin, Bill Fish are the two co-owners of the company. They actually grew up together. They're very cool guys. And we know uh, Patrick has pretty much been revolutionizing the the text link ad business. Um, and now, by MediaWiz buying it, it really gives some type of um, it gives it gives the industry a big you know stance saying you know this is real stuff. People are actually into it. People are using this for for a lot of things, and and it's really a good thing for the industry. And I'm very happy for Patrick and the team. And they will be moving to New York City for a year and a half or so. And I look forward to meeting up with them a lot. We, I'm from Rusty Brick. We have helped them build out their business in terms of technology, and it's really impressive what the, you know the amount they invested in the technology and what they have done to really you know take this industry to the next level. And I think that's helped in the whole entire purchase. And everybody's looking forward to the next year or so with this company because now they have a lot more resources to do a lot more things. Um, Chris, do you have anything to add? I just wanted to add another uh, another personal congratulations to Patrick and the crew, and also to you, Barry. I think that's a big deal that you guys helped a lot with that, and I think it goes to show uh, what kind of great organization you have over there at Rusty Brick. And good point. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Self-promo there. But uh, thank you anyway. Um, all right, four more topics before we finish up here. Um, Yahoo uh, Slurp, uh, that's Yahoo's robot. They are now supporting wild cards. So if you want to use wildcards in your robots.txt file, you could do that. Um, they support the the asterisks, which it tells the Yahoo Slurp to wildcard match on a sequence of characters in URL. And they're also supporting the dollar sign, which tells the Yahoo Slurp to anchor the match to the end of the URL string, which is pretty good. MSN, obviously MicrosoftLive.com, they support it as well. Google supports it as well. So now that everybody, all the you know, three main players support that is a very, very good thing. Um, so the next topic we have here is that Google Adam Lasnik, he's known as Minimat. He was interviewed yesterday by Lee Odin at Online Marketing Blog. He goes through basically what it means to work at Google in his job. He is known as you know the bridge between webmasters and, I guess, Matt and the Google spam team and Google. So he's out there looking for problems that webmasters have, trying to address them. But he spends most of his day actually working with the Google team to make changes. Um, he talked about things, you know, things he hates the most about uh, forms, things he likes the most, um, questions he hates the most, etc. He also talks about Google Base and SEO certification. So it's a pretty good read, and it really drives. He actually teaches you that he cares as well as Google cares about the webmaster, which is very important to me and I guess to other people out there. Um, Google released a. Gmail mobile client, which allows you to check your Gmail quickly and fast on your on your uh, you know mobile device. I tried it with my Trio 700P. I had some issues, but typically most mobile devices work pretty quickly. Uh, I posted a link to that. You can get it at gmail.com/app. Final topic is that YouTube.com. That's Y-O-U-Tube.com was sued by YouTube, which is YouTube.com. Um, so they are complaining that um, basically they're they're getting you know their site's getting nailed by traffic and that they're losing genuine business because they're having their customers are having trouble accessing the site. This is very similar to the whole case with AdSense.com, where a company named AdSense Consulting owned the company owned the domain name AdSense.com, and they complained to Google about, hey, we you know we're getting all these things about AdSense requests, you know Google AdSense requests, but it's not our business and it's killing us and we can't handle it. So now they're at AdSense2.com. Um, so that's really the, the, the week uh, in terms of search forums. I would like to thank um, you know everybody. Um, that, that wrapped up the eighth edition. Um, I hope to post a recap tomorrow afternoon after the show is archived at, um, at the Search and Roundtable, which is at seroundtable.com. If you have comments, please feel free to email me at barry at rustybrick.com or post a comment in the, in the tomorrow's post. Again, that was the 8th edition, and it took place Tuesday, November 7th. I'm not sure about next week. Next week is PubCon. Hopefully we'll go live. If not, I'll keep you posted on the blog. So everybody, have a great night, and happy Election Day, and speak to you all hopefully next week.